And welcome back to Conversations with Adam, everybody. The podcast that gives you new and interesting conversations infrequently. I'm your host, Adam, and today we are talking with Leif Grandorf and Mary Chase about their recent trip to Mexico with our church, Calvary Chapel of Olympia, to kind of minister to some orphanages, um, homes that house women and their children who have been in abusive situations or in and out of prison, and into a young men's sort of kind of halfway house prison sort of uh, situation, just kind of going in and ministering to them and kind of giving them a friend to talk to. It was really interesting and kind of gave me an insight into mission trips. I've never been on one, but I've heard lots of stories of people who have, uh, and I definitely have a lot of respect now for people who go because you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about the world on these trips. So without further ado, I will kick you over to the podcast. Thanks a lot. Leaf and Mary for coming on. It was really last minute. I kind of sprang it on them, uh, but I really appreciate it, you guys. Thanks a lot. Podcast. <laughs> Adam's just get to get over here and getting all of the feels about Hector. Oh, oh, I, I'm getting the feels about Hector. You should see him. <laughs> oh, you should see him. He's so you should see him dreamy. <laughs> no. No. He's not gonna look good for you. My friendship bracelet. All right, so we've actually been recording for a little bit. So okay, no. how are we even talking? Because about? that's how I like that's how I like to start my podcast. Oh, no. All right, just I like to start it by already being begin. recording. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what are we going to talk about? <laughs> I mean, other so than that helps a lot. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. I don't really have an intro for this, but with me right now, we have Mary Chase and Leif Grandorf. They just got back from a mission trip to Mexico uh, with our church. Uh, Calvary Chapel Olympia and it was a high school mission trip um, and we're all at the same house at the same party and so this was a really good chance to interview people this so happened about all right a mission trip so we're gonna go ahead and do that real quick so <clears throat> just kind of starting off how long had do you know how long the planning for this had been going on uh, I think we started planning. When did we have to turn in registrations? I think it was the, a little bit after the VDT, so partway. So February. Middle of February, I think is when we started planning. Okay. But the planning had been going on before that, so yeah. at least January. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know about six months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To get everything kind of set and finalized. Yeah. Yeah. So. What was, were there any like preparations that you guys had to do beforehand knowing that you were going to go? I mean, other than signing up. Uh, we were part of the drama group, so we had to practice a lot of our skits. Yeah. Uh, one thing that the entire group had to do is we had to memorize Romans 12, 9 through 21. I'm not going to recite that for you right now, but we had to okay. do that. Everyone had to do that in order to be able to go, be able to go on the trip. Okay, so you it was like a there's like a test beforehand or what? It was kind of like yeah. a test. We had to go and say, "Hey, everyone, say your memory verse," and then yeah. we had to do it. Yeah, and then like other preparations. I mean, just for like flying and crossing the border, getting your passports and okay. IDs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But okay, so um, how did it unfold? When did you guys leave? We left Wednesday the third. 
We and met at the church Wednesday the 3rd and drove up to Kent and spent the night up there at Calvary Chapel South. Okay. And then we flew out at 10 a.m. the next morning. Why do you know what time it was? Because I checked the schedule. Because somebody <laughs> pays attention to rules, Lee. <laughs> I just rules like it. are important. I just like look, I at, look at the I flight number. I look at the flight number, then I look at my ticket, then I go through TSA, and then I sit down and wait. And then he sleeps. And then I sleep. Yeah. On the plane. I wait for takeoff. You're one of those people that can sleep. Oh, yeah. I can't sleep. I wait. I I like the feeling of takeoff. We take off, and then as soon as we're on takeoff, like, done, I just, like, He's gone. Wow. Unconcerned. It's great. Like, nice. Yeah, I just pay attention to details like that. I like time. (laughs) Time Never on my side, but (laughs) I like paying attention to it. Uh, So... When you guys, so you stayed at Calvary Chapel, Kent. Did you have to bring sleeping bags or something? Mm-hmm. Or did they? Oh, okay. So they don't have like bunk beds or no. whatever nope. to sleep in. Okay. No. We all slept on the floor. I had a nice. mat. I brought a sleeping mat. Yeah. We were supposed to bring sleeping mats or pads or something like that. I brought a sleeping mat, not. a sleeping bag, and earplugs. Oh, earplugs are important. Smart. Yes. And so everyone else the next morning was like, oh my gosh, I got like no sleep. And I was like, man, I slept great. And I got yeah. probably about three hours tops. Mm-hmm. I got and like seven. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, horrible no, it sleep. sucks to travel on like really, really little sleep. Yeah. And usually you're so excited like that you can't sleep the night before anyway. So it's not like it's not like you're going to sleep much anyway. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're Leaf. And then apparently you sleep. Oh, Leaf yeah. can sleep anywhere, I've, anytime. At my old job, I fell asleep while having a conversation with my boss. I was on lunch and I was like sitting there and I was having a conversation and like I guess I nodded off and like I came back later and he was like, you know, we never finished your conversation. I was like, no, we totally did. He's like, no, you fell asleep halfway through. And I was like, oops. So I can sleep anywhere. You might want to get that checked out. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of a conversation. So um, let's see. So you fly down there. How was the flight? It was good. I sat next to someone who had never flown before. So had a little fun with that, you know. <laughs> I got to sit next to Margaret and Johanna Zilla. They are two of my best friends, and it was a very entertaining flight. We made friends with the flight attendant. Oh, fun. Yeah. I got wings. <laughs> oh, nice. He's not supposed to give them to people, but he said, can we get some? And he said, yeah. And he handed, us, handed them to us, and he was like, these are secret wings. And I was like, these are secret okay. wings. <laughs> uh, so where did you guys fly into? San Diego. San Diego. Okay. And so from San Diego, you took a bus, or what did you do from there um, to get to The Mexico? people from the Bible College down in Ensenada drove up and picked us up, and we went to In-N-Out for lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they got a rental van, and we all drove down in separate vans down to the Bible College. Okay. Yeah. So how far south of the border is Ensenada? It's about an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. So it's just... So you would go through what's right on the border? Was that Tijuana right there on the border? Yeah, yep. Tijuana's right in when you cross over. And then Rosarito mm-hmm. is the Tijuana, next one. Tijuana, Rosarito, and then Ensenada. Yep. Okay, so it's just a little further south. Is it kind of like, how would you describe the town of Ensenada? Gosh. Um, it's. I mean, it's not like a town as much. It's just kind of like. Very touristy. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of, like, okay. cruise ships and stuff, that's where they stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there's, like, these huge, like, golden heads and, like, I don't know, it's just more tourist. Like, they're, like, of, like, old yeah. presidents of Mexico or something. I don't know. But 
Oh, it's, it's a very touristy town. They have a, a port right there with all of the cruise ships. Where they mm-hmm. dock and in. Yeah, so people get off and they go and they shop and then they go back to their cruise ships and leave. Yeah. Huh. So. Okay. So, I guess, uh, since I don't have any questions, I'm just kind of coming up with this on the fly. Um, you get to Ensenada, you get to the Bible College, and then... What time did you get to the Bible College? Was there anything left to we do that day? We got there about six, which is yep. dinner time. Yeah. So we had dinner, and then we went and we debriefed in the chapel area, and we met Leo, who is the owner of the Bible College, and he gave us all the rules and everything like that. But not the founder. Not the founder. I found the, that out. I looked the it up. owner, and he told us what to do if we found a rattlesnake. I don't think anyone actually found a rattlesnake, though. No. Uh, you're supposed to run away. <laughs> Huh. Uh, run away from <laughs> Run snakes. away and tell someone about it. Yeah. Um, and then we all went to bed way later than we were supposed to. Yep. Okay. So nothing really big the first day. No. Nope. So what was the, was there ever during your time down there like a mission that was kind of like, was there ever like an overarching, this is the goal of the mission trip? Or was it just like, hey, we're going to reach people? We're the news of Jesus. Yeah. Kind of I mean, we went down there. We were helping out at the Bible College. We were building on an add-on to the dining hall so that mm-hmm. it has more people. And so our goal and the time was get the walls up, get the sheathing up, get the um, rafters up, and get it, the roof sheathed as well. That was, like, our goal for there. The mm-hmm. goal of the, the Bible the entire College thing. is to be an 800-student campus. Mm-hmm. And so right now their dining hall holds about 40 people and that's about the max. Nice. And so we are we were helping extend that and so they can put a few more people in there. Yeah. Instead of people having to sit outside by themselves. So. Okay. Yep. Um and then going out in different outreaches and stuff was just like reaching people or like we went to orphanages and stuff and just giving giving the kids something to to enjoy and like Okay. So, um, with that kind of mission, what, what specific events did you guys do while you were down there? You talked about orphanages, but what yep. were some, what were we, some of the other things? The first day of outreach, which I believe is the second day we were down there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, the drama team and kids team number two went to Casa Esperanza, which yep. is a, a women's and kids center. And it's, a, um, just a place for them to kind of escape and put their lives back together mm-hmm. um and we did dramas and we played games with the kids and it was just it was a cool cool time there yep so yeah and then the next day we did outreach in the park park was the next day i believe yep and that one we just went to a local park and did music and some skits and um more a little bit more serious skits so like we had a couple that were just like more centered for kids because uh, some are pretty dark and I noticed that. Yeah, the yeah, everything guys, skits. Yeah, the, the, the skit everything skit that's been going on for I don't know how years. long they've had that, but yeah. they've had it for a really long time. Yep. Um, and for those who don't know what the everything skit is, do you want to kind of go into it and um, tell what the skit what the skit shows? Yeah. So the skits, what makes it so what yeah. makes it maybe not appropriate for yeah. for the small children. Yeah. So so the skit starts out um, well it's it's to the song Everything by Lifehouse, but it starts out with uh, God kind of creating the world and then creating man 
and the person is played usually by a woman of every man or every woman kind of thing. And it starts off with God showing her the wonders of the world and everything and like how they're close and together. And then sin comes in and pushes and uh, comes in between her and God. And so it kind of builds up with um, greed and then... So the first one, the devil comes in and then money and then being drunk. Uh, like partying and partying. drunkenness. And then... It's Nelise, right? Yeah. And then... Yeah. It, no, Nelise is pretty girl. Yeah. Um, which is like beauty. And so in that one or whatever, she ends up like throw, making herself throw up to like lose weight kind of thing. And then uh, a romance or whatever, but heartbreak. And then finally in the end, a person comes along and gets her to cause physical harm, whether it's cutting herself and then almost committing suicide, and then she kind of runs back to Jesus. He's trying to get back to her, and everyone's just kind of throwing her back, like everything's getting in the way of, of God because yeah. they're all just piled up in front of him. And mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, really powerful. It is really powerful. Yeah, for people who haven't seen it before. Yeah, even people. Look like, it up. You kind of, you when you're watching it, or at least this is kind of what I thought, is I was like, oh my gosh, how far are they going to make the high school kids take this? Yeah. You know, because you end up with like a toy gun and it's pointed at somebody's head and you're like, okay. You know, at least for me, I'm going, you know, how much is this helping versus how much is this hurting? I think it probably, if you're doing outreach, it probably helps a lot because... Well, that was one of the reasons why we weren't able to do it in front of the kids. Right. It was because it does deal with a lot of things that yeah. are not age-appropriate for them. Right. So. Yeah. And a lot of those adults that you're doing it for either know somebody or have Been done that. or thought about those things themselves. Yep. Yeah. So I think for that, it probably helps a lot to do mm-hmm. that specifically with the outreach. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and even even being in it, I I was I mean for me I was playing the role of Jesus or God in it, and like I would get done with the skit each time that we did it, and like I would, it would be a very like quieting of of a soul kind of thing of just like thinking over and like of how much He loves us and stuff. But like the time that we did it, we did on Sunday or whatever when we did it in front of the entire church. Yeah, I got done, and like during it, I was like actually crying on stage while doing it. Mm-hmm. Where, like, when I'm sitting there, like, trying to pull her back, like, I was actually starting to cry. And so getting done with that and just, like, that powerfulness yeah. of, like, playing that role yeah. is, was honestly painful. Yeah. yeah, I could see that, actually, from where from where I was sitting. I was like, yeah. oh, wow, he's really getting into this. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really cool that, you know, there's something that – and it transcends the language barrier. Yep. Right. Because mm-hmm. everybody can see the skit, and they could be like, oh, "Like I don't understand English, but there's I a understand song. That. There's a song in Spanish playing, and I understand what they're doing." That was the whole physically. point of the the wordless skits. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you did the um, the women's outreach. Uh, you said you did orphanages. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was, so the Casa Esperanza was a woman's and kids, and some kids were more orphans than anything there. And then we did the park, and then we did... A, um, 
a youth rehab center. It was all boys. Eight, uh, like 12 to 25. 12 to 18, but then there was one 25-year-old. So. Yeah. That was... That was definitely, that was some of the good skits um, to do because they were all pretty touched by it. Like, yeah. Yeah. We did, we did three skits, and we said we were only doing three, and, like, we got down, and they were just all, like, sitting there waiting, which was super awesome because, like, they just, like, felt like they wanted more. Like, that's just, like, what it seemed like. They just, like, they just wanted to see more and, like, mm-hmm. have more, so. Yeah. It, it was really cool because going to all, of like, the little kids and performing for them, it's fun, but um, it's, like, am I really making an impact here? And then you go yeah. to the, the guys who are, I mean, my age – and it's like, I think I'm actually doing something here. Yep. I think I can see something happening. Mm-hmm. It might yeah. not be big, but it's something happening. There's been a seed that's right. been planted. Yeah. And then we went to Casa Horizonte. 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 H's are silent, though. Whatever. It's Horizonte. We're English. <laughs> yeah. H's are always silent, so it would be Horizonte. But anyways, it's... Technically, it's the Z is an S, then. Horizonte. Yeah. Horizonte. Horizonte. Anyways... Moving on, it was a orphanage for special needs kids. Mm-hmm. So it's right on the campus of the Bible yeah. College. So a couple kids, they're brothers, but they had like a deformation or whatever in their legs, so they can't walk. They can crawl around on their hands and knees and stuff. There's mm-hmm. a little girl in a wheelchair, another girl blind. Yeah. Um, and Ashley and, and so Carlos. Yeah, I'm so I'm not like a huge like I'm not great with really? small kids, and then it's even harder when there's a language barrier, yeah. and then like. And then not having, like, that just, like, physical ability to do things kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That was super hard for me because, like, I just didn't know what to do. And, like, yeah. some, but, like, they got, like, bouncy balls and whatever. And just, like, for 15 minutes straight, just bouncing it back and forth with just this one kid. Like, that just made him happy. That, like, made his day kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, it was realizing of, like, you don't have to do things. Just, just the smallest thing mm-hmm. just will make an impact. Yeah. Because for a lot of the, at least this is what I have kind of noticed, is that for older people, you want to spark a thought. Mm -hmm. You want to give them something that their mind is going to chew on. Yeah. Um, Because when somebody from a group comes in, then you go, oh, wait, there's something special about this. Maybe I'll pay attention. Yeah. Right. And that makes them think. And then they think about that for a while. And then that that may lead to a life change. For children... It is simply the act of paying attention and giving them more time than anybody else has given them yep. their entire lives, right? Yeah. Even for 15 minutes is probably more than they've ever gotten. Yep. Yeah. And so just that act alone is enough to make their week, maybe their month, yep. or maybe the next couple years for them until you know they grow up and they start thinking a little bit more. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's really that's really good to go down there and do so you did the the orphanages and all of that other stuff um did anybody get sick this time around because people usually get sick when we send it we send a i don't think anybody got sick the only thing that majorly happened of that sort of thing was nelise the last night sprained Sprained her her ankle and foot foot. it wasn't her ankle at all it was just her foot Honestly, I wouldn't oh, be surprised it if it the, was both. It was the last night we were going to an overlook. It overlooks the entire city of Ensenada, and we usually we just go there and we pray and we take group photos, and mm-hmm. um, it was really special. And we were doing like one of the last pictures. It was all the seniors who just graduated who went on the trip, and all the girls were standing up on the wall, and 
we were getting down, and Elise was going to go give a high five to Tony, and Tony moved you his hand. You weren't supposed to name names, but whatever. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, um, Tony. We love you. <laughs> You've been named Tony. Tony's great. Um, um, but he moved his hand, and she fell, and she sprained her foot. Yeah. And The worst part was the last time they went to Mexico, the same place, the overlook, she got a cut on her foot, she and she still has foot. like a scar on her foot from it. Oh, yeah. Nice. So First thing she said when she fell this time was, I am never coming back here. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, that's one way to think about things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, but other than that, nothing really major happened. Steven got a little dehydrated or something and felt kind of sick. He, for a little bit, he thought he got food poisoning, but he was just, didn't drink enough water one day. Okay. But, um, yeah, and then I just... I got poison oak, but that was because not even in Mexico. It's just because I had the sleeping bag from a past thing. So nice. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. Um. So. And let let me know if I'm kind of thinking about this wrong, but this is kind of what I think. That mission trips serve a twofold purpose, right? So on the on the one hand, you're going out and you're reaching people with the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's. A definite external benefit to people out in the world yep on the other hand you have an internal benefit meaning you have high school kids that may have never left the town they may have never yep. left the state they may have never left the US and they may not know what the outside world is like yeah right but if you take them on a mission trip and you take them to Mexico and you show them something different than their perception of humanity and reality and the way that people live, it may change their perception, the way yep. they view life and the way people exist. Yep. So was there any time during the trip that you saw either maybe in yourself or in someone else that their entire paradigm of like reality shifted and they said holy cow there's people out here actually struggling or holy cow they eat fruit that's past ripe or you know something that's it's like better that way outside outside yeah. like the little suburban bubbles that we've built for ourselves in the u.s i definitely think it was it was interesting because the van we were in like all of us were talking and everything we were all going and that was in like california we we're driving down to the border all of us were talking and everything and as soon as we crossed the border like our entire van went quiet. Is that, I mean, that's right. Yeah. I just want to make sure that she was in the van oh, as yeah. well. So all of us I went quiet. I was on the same team as you, dude. I know. That's what I was, I was making sure that you were agreeing. <laughs> it wasn't just me that was like, oh, it's totally quiet. But it no, really it wasn't. No, it totally was. Yeah. Like, everyone went quiet. And, like, just watching and just, like, seeing things. And, like, the biggest thing that I really noticed down there was, like, there's no um, middle ground for, like, class. You're either super well-off, super nice house, like big compound, like property type thing, or you're in the dump sticks. There's no in-between house. Yeah. Like, Mm. you're either well-off or you're in poverty. And, like, that was super, like, it was weird to see because, like, I mean, like, here in Olympia and stuff, you get get ratty houses, but you got semi-nice houses and you got really nice houses. And, like, there's just kind of a balance there. It's, like, polar opposites. I think the main reason that our van went completely silent when we first crossed over the border because driving in, driving through Tijuana, Tijuana is generally known for being kind of just down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. And it is. And it's just, yeah. it's astounding because we do come from a, you have this nice suburban bubble that you yeah, live yeah. in. And then you go somewhere else and it's like, wow, people actually live like this and they can 
survive off of this. Mm-hmm. But when we yeah. try, it's like this is very, very different. Yeah. Well, and the something that kind of surprised me was just like the the hospitality of like I guess like the the Hispanic people kind of thing is like they're they're amazing. Like they're the type of people that like would just drop everything for you. Like if if you were friends with them or they knew you, like they would be they only have this like an example that somebody gave me like this didn't actually happen, but like an example was like if they only had chicken once a week and they always had it on Sundays and you were there on a Tuesday, they would shift all of their plans or whatever just so they could eat chicken with you. Mm-hmm. And like that's just that was like kind of mind blowing because like we don't do that. Yeah. That was that was kind of like a that was something to me that was like, wow, that's really cool that they just their hospitality is just amazing no matter who you are. Yeah. It's like you go down you go to a missions trip and you're like, I'm gonna be here and I'm gonna bless people and then you wind up being so very blessed in a completely different way than you thought yeah. was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was kind of the purpose of the question, right? Was to kind yeah. of tease out the how were people from America impacted yeah. by going down to, I don't know if I'd call Mexico a third world country, but it, it's it's pretty close. Yeah. Two and a half. Two, it's, 2.7. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's close enough that where the rounding is going to get you there. It depends there. on yeah. where you go in That's Mexico. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I imagine that Tijuana is going to be worse than Ensenada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tijuana is the murder capital of the world right now. Is it really? Yeah. That's kind of scared to I mean, think that we just like, drove through there. I don't know. There's six murders a night or something like that. Oh, jeez. Um, it's, it's like Chicago, but on steroids. Yeah. Um, just because of all of the gang violence and human trafficking that's going... Because yeah. they all get stopped in Tijuana. Because anybody that tries to get to the U.S. right now, they're deported. They get stuck in Tijuana, right? Yeah. Um, or at least if they come through that kind of California region. Yep. Otherwise, there's a lot of different uh, border places where they can get stuck. But um, that's the that's the politics of the border. Yep. Um, did you ever, speaking of you know, dangerous stuff? Did you ever feel kind of like, oh, this is a sticky situation here? I don't feel like this is exactly. I don't want to use the word safe. Because you were probably always pretty much safe. I didn't have anything but that I wasn't, like, majorly, majorly like, didn't feel safe. But sometime when I was, like, kind of felt a little out of place was when we first went to the youth rehab center. Because they're all guys. And they're mm-hmm. all my age. And it's like, oh. And they're all in there for, like. They're all in there for some reason. It's pretty much like, Here comes detention. all of us American teenagers who all have our lives together. And then you're just stuck in here. And that's just kind of the mindset that I went in with. So it wasn't was, rehab. This was juvie. It was pretty much juvie. It was yeah. pretty much that. It was it was a good, good place um, for them to be because the the guy Peter Peter Yi, yep, he was yeah, a super great guy. He's he Asian Mexican. His, yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds really wow. mean, but like no, but that's what he was. <laughs> um, but he he had it on his heart to go and start these rehab centers, and I think he has two. Does he have two women's ones and then a, a youth rehab? Oh, you have a peso okay. in your I just pocket. found a peso in my pocket. That's oh, no, kind of... It? Yeah. Thank you. Um, anyways. Uh, but he, he just had it on his heart to, like, go and start this place. And it was just... 
the mindset that I went in was like, oh, I have my life together and you're just stuck here for something that you did. You're probably going to hate and then me. It's not, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's not at all what happened because we first walked in and it was just, we all stood there for a second. And then someone started playing basketball and mm. people started joining and then we played volleyball yeah. and then we played soccer. And mm -hmm. We just had this great time of fellowship and we didn't talk with them necessarily, but we just went and we hung out yeah. with them for a little while. Yeah. Just kind of broke the ice that way. I don't remember what I was talking about. Being safe or not. Being safe. Thank you. <laughs> Stranger so, danger. Yeah. It was my whole mindset changed when we started hanging out with them and not having this line in between of like, I have my life and you have yours and they're mm -hmm. completely different. Yeah. So I definitely think that like where we were was a pretty safe-ish area. Yeah. I guess using that term, but like there definitely were situations like I can't think of like I'm off the top of the head, but like situations like, wow, if I was here longer, this could definitely turn south, but at the moment it's fine. But like, like where, uh, I mean, just like when we were walking towards Starbucks and stuff, there was definitely po points where I was like this, if I was st at, if I was at this point on this road in 20 minutes alone, alone, I would not be very comfortable, <laughs> but, um, there's Nothing. places like that in Seattle. Though. There's places like that it down the road. Olympia. Yeah, literally anywhere. Tonino. <laughs> I've had friends chase with needles in Olympia. It's weird. It's yeah. weird down there sometimes. Yeah. Olympia is screwed up, man. Yeah. It's a fun place. Yeah, it's, fun it's fun. I walked through downtown Olympia by myself earlier, and I was freaked out the entire time. I was walk walking to Lake Fair, and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I, yeah. Ugh, I was terrified. <laughs> That made me feel less safe than, than down in Mexico. So. Interesting. There is a lot of safety in more of a pack, though. Yep. Generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Yep. Did you see any of the military when you were down there? A lot. The Mexican yeah. military? Yeah. When we, um, we first crossed the border, someone had to go to the bathroom, and Mr. Baldwin was like, oh, yeah, it's past the guy with the machine gun over there. And he just... No questions asked, just started walking towards them. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, and then you just, like, randomly, there'd just be, like, a, like, on a randomly side on the side of the road, just, like, a patrol of, like, four cars, like, trucks with, like, guns mounted to the back, yeah. and just, like, them just sitting there with, just loaded out, just sitting there, and you're like, oh, okay. We did drive past a military base. Yeah. There was a, there's a pretty large military base in Ensenada, and we drove past it pretty much every day. Okay. Was there anything that you guys specifically took away from the trip that kind of impacted you more than you anticipated? Definitely. <laughs> um, I think definitely my biggest impact of it was, like, uh, the, the mentality of no matter who you are, what you are, where you're from, what your background is, to love others and, like, don't let things get in the way of it was like a big thing. And as well, of like, um, I think the biggest impact that I did not expect at all was, uh, being, I think I'm definitely called back to Mexico. Mm -hmm. I think thinking about going to the Bible college next year, but, um, definitely was not expecting that mm -hmm. and definitely wasn't expecting the mentality of like going out and just being ready to serve anywhere. I mm -hmm. think those were the two kind of big impacts. So it's a hard question. I mean, kind of echoing what Leaf said, but then I'm 
I'm not necessarily being called down to the Bible college. Um, that's just not where my life is going. Mm-hmm. But I think really outreaching to kids is mm-hmm. something that I'm going to gonna do. Yeah. It's a very mm-hmm. violent head shake. That definitely makes sense. Um, I really enjoyed spending time with the kids, even though there was just that giant language barrier. Mm-hmm. I don't understand any Spanish. A bit of Spanish. Except mm-hmm. for hola and adios. Yeah. Um, and, like, going to Casa Horizonte on the Bible Horizonte. College. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so over that. Um, <laughs> so over that. I okay, got to sit with this little girl. Her name is Ashley. She mm-hmm. is 11 now. And when we went back in 2016, I got to go on that trip, too. And that was my first time ever going out of the country, mm-hmm. flying, everything like that. And I got to sit there and hold her the entire time. Mm-hmm because she's completely blind and she hears really good and she just really likes to snuggle. So I sat there and I snuggled with her for like an hour and a half straight. And this time I went and I found her and I I hugged her and then she climbed up and I just sat there and I held her again. And it was like, Mm -hmm. I can't say anything to you, but I can sit here and I can hold you and just like, I can outreach in that way. Yeah. But um, definitely... Outreaching to kids is something that I've been called to. And mm-hmm. I think this is just like a go. An affirmation. Go do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Well, yeah. cool. Sounds like it was a good time for everybody that went. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that there's... Uh, I So I... To admit maybe a fault of mine, I sometimes have... A bit of um, how to say it. I hear we're sending a bunch of teenage yep. girls and boys down yep. to Mexico, and yep. I go, "Yep, are you out of your mind?" Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, and it, you know, you could say, you know, we're sending a group of boys and girls to Canada, and I, I wouldn't say that right off the bat, but we know people who have been chased around by people with needles in Canada too. Yep, yeah, right. So I guess it's all about where do you go and kind of what you find yourself doing as to how dangerous it is. Yep. Um, but, you know, I, I like to have my paradigm changed a little bit. Like, oh, so this is, this is my reality is um, if you go to Mexico, you're going to end up like a slave of the cartel. Oh, geez. <laughs> Uh, and Stuck so there because Trump is building a wall, right, or something like that. Or the border <laughs> like patrols it's like go up that fast, the border patrols not. like, why are you bringing a whole bunch of teenage boys and girls over the border? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Are you trafficking people? Like, yeah. what is going on? Um, and there's the giant vans with the, the suitcases on top that had to go through the giant X-ray machine. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an experience. I definitely get that. So you know, and I think that's part of my. Um, Part of my struggle in life probably is just, I guess, trusting God more. But at the same time, it's really difficult for me because I basically don't trust a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but no, it's it's. I think it's good to have your perception of what's real yeah. shifted Definitely. from time to time and challenged by other people who are like, no. Not all of Mexico is, you know, 
cartel members dressed as yeah. cops that are abducting people. Well, it was interesting because I was able to talk to a few different people just randomly here and there that, like, spoke a little bit of English. Like, in the park, I was able to talk to a guy. Um, I don't know how it came up in conversation, but he spoke a little English, and we kind of got on the subject of the wall. And more often than not, the people there are 100% for it. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy. And you it's go like, south of the border, and people are like, yes. And you're like, man, I like Trump. Yeah. Trump's pretty cool. Yeah, and there, I saw a few guys wear make, a great, make America Great Again hats, and I was like, wait, so the all left side people were like, we need to make sure that they won't get what they want, and they actually are getting what they want. Wait. They want Trump in. <laughs> what? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's weird. I've heard some stories about that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. And that's not what you hear. I listen to NPR a lot. That is not what you hear on NPR. No, not at all. Not what you hear. Well, cool. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. It's been 30 minutes. I promise 30 minutes. Thank you for I'm having us. Delivering yep. 30 minutes. Um, no, it's been really cool. I appreciate you guys coming on because of course. I need to have my reality challenge yep. from time to time. <laughs> all right. We're going to catch everybody later. Bye. Deuces. Bye. <laughs> And that is the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I will catch you, all you wonderful people, in the next one.